Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason joined alongside Dylan Mel and newcomer to the pod, Anthony Walsh. Guys, let's get right into it. We're halfway through the season. Second half is starting and a lot of teams are not where we thought they would be. But first, MLB is having their annual draft. The Yankees, they took shortstop George Lombard from Gulliver Prep High School in Florida. The Mets, they took Colin Houck, shortstop from uh, Porkview High School in Georgia. And uh, LSU, they were the first two picks in the draft. They had Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz go to Pittsburgh and the Nationals, respectively. And that was the first time that a school had the, the first two players in the draft be selected from them. So the draft is going. Do you guys have any thoughts on the draft? Any any team get a steal? Anything you know noteworthy that you guys feel happened? Yeah, I mean, shout out to LSU. Um, they had a pretty good run in the College World Series there. And now, you know, the top two picks of the drafts. It's an exciting time for LSU baseball, for sure. Um, the Yankees, you know, get another shortstop. They've seemed to be loading up on shortstop prospects with, you know, Volpe, then Peraza, now drafting another one. But, you know, you can never have too many guys in the infield and shirt up. And they probably just took best talent available. Honestly, man, we'll hear you talk about the shortstop thing. I hear that a lot recently about shortstops. I really don't care about positions when you talk about minor leaguers, especially when somebody's 18 to 20 years old. I hear this all, all too often. Lombard actually projects pretty much to be a shortstop with power, but I could see him definitely move into uh, third base if he has to. Other than that, like I think uh, LSU boys going high was not a shocker, and I think it, they were great picks. Um, I think that uh, Dylan Cruz scared off the Pirates and that made uh, with the uh, slot value. So they went with uh, Skeens. I still think it's a great pick. And uh, Cruz went where he wanted to go. I think Max Clark at three was a bit of a mistake. I would have went with Wyatt Langford. I like them a bit more. I think the Red Sox got a huge steal in the draft with uh, Kyle Teal, the catcher out of Virginia. And uh, that's about it, man. And now uh, the Yankees, they fired their hitting coach, Dylan Lawson. And a day later, they hired the mayor, Sean Casey. Casey, over 300 lifetime average in the league. Do you think this will change their philosophy, or is this just going to be more of the same with Casey just being a figurehead? What do you guys think? Uh, I think Casey is, uh, is a good good addition to the uh, hitting coach. I, I've always watched him on MLB Network, and I think that he uh, can teach these guys how to hit. But I have a problem – more so of it being a uh, friendly hire by uh, Aaron Boone more than anything, being a teammate. I think this shows safety for Aaron Boone, which I don't necessarily like. For somebody who has proven, hasn't had the track record to deserve as much slack as he gets by the organization. And uh, we'll see how this plays out. But, but I don't I don't like it overall, but uh, I think it'll be a fine addition. I think that the players have their own hitting coaches, so it doesn't really matter as much as it used to. Yeah, I mean, I think some change had to be made and whether this was more of a political stunt for the fans visually uh, or if this is a real change that could, you know, actually affect the locker room. We'll see if time will tell. But when you have the second worst batting average in the league behind the Oakland soon to be Las Vegas Athletics and you're the New York Yankees who came into this season with the World Series expectations. Yeah, it's, you know, a pretty crappy start to the year in terms of hitting. DJ LeMay, he was the third best hitter on the team. He's batting 220. 
So Yankees got to figure it out. In other news, the Tigers and their starting pitcher, Matt Manning, went for a combined no-hitter versus the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know if you guys care or believe in combined no-hitters, but it's always nice to see somebody in your division get no-hit and especially lose a game in that type of fashion, especially when they're all, when they're a team that likes to yap a lot about their talent. Well, as you know, pressure is something you put in tires. So it is nice to see the Blue Jays get no hit in general. But if we're talking about combined no hitters, I don't think they matter as much. I mean, if the, if a starter isn't doing it for all nine in the inning, to me it's not as impressive, especially when you have guys like Lang coming out of the bullpen who's pitching great this year. I get it. it. It's it's a cool little novelty, but I like the guys that go nine innings to get the full no-hitter. I don't really care about it otherwise. Now, let's play a little game. We're going to play sellers or buyers. I'm going to name six teams, and you guys are going to tell me if they should sell, if they should buy, and if you have any specific type of moves that they probably should look at making. So let's start it off. you got the Seattle Mariners. They come into the break, 45 and 44, third in the AL West, six games out of first, four out of a wild card spot. Are they buyers or are they sellers? I think the Mariners are definitely buyers in the situation. I think they're waiting to get hot, if anything. I like their team makeup and I like the way they're built to uh to make a run. So especially uh this team should definitely do something to buy. I think one of their biggest weaknesses is at first base, especially because Mike Ford is there a lot. But I would get somebody who has a little bit more versatility than that. I would, If I was the Mariners, I'd go after a guy like uh, Cody Bellinger to be able to play first, left, DH, you know, a lot of positional versatility. I wish they would have another guy coming out of the bullpen. I know they got a, they got a good closer and they have a, a decent bullpen, but like another guy like Justin Lawrence – I like a lot out of Colorado. I think he'd be a, he'd make a great addition to the Mariners. And the, I think they also just need a back-end rotational arm more than anything. And the Mariners definitely have the prospects to be able to go out there and do that relatively easily without even hurting themselves. And I think that would project well long-term. Yeah, I think with this pitching staff that the Mariners should go all in and should be buyers at the deadline. Um, you know, you have Castillo, you have Gilbert, you have Munoz at the pen. It's a really solid foundation there. Obviously, you have Julio Rodriguez. Um, I don't think that they need to do anything too crazy. I would try and sure up the hitting, whether that's getting a guy like Eloy Jimenez to play DH or even going after a guy like Jake Cronenworth if the Padres are going to be sellers potentially and sure up that second base position. They brought in Colton Wong. He's been batting like 160 on the year. So this team just needs a little bit more help in the hitting department, but they should definitely be buyers with the core that they have. To follow back up to your point, I, I agree. Colton Wong has been a, a disaster. Another guy they could look at is possibly like a Glaber Torres, who's been in trade rumors before with the Marlins last year. And he's falling out of favor with a lot of the Yankees fans. And we know Glaber can hit. So he might be a good addition to that lineup as well. Now, the next team up, we have the Boston Red Sox. 48 and 43, a winning record, but they're in last place in the AL East. They are nine out of first place, but they're only two games back of a wild card spot. Should they sell or should they buy? I simply just don't think they have the rotation to, to buy. Uh, they have some hitting. I, I like some of the hitters they got. Yoshida has proven to be a, a great 
a great rookie so far, and I think he projects very well. Devers is Devers, uh, and you have a good, solid uh, core. But I would not go out and buy for this team. I don't see this team winning this year. They're set up really well for the future, so why not add to that? You can get rid of a guy like Paxton, who's had a great last three starts. You can parlay some of your current expiring contracts and go out and get a couple extra prospects. And then you can allow yourself to make room for a guy like Marcelo Meyer. You can let Tristan Costas develop without even putting any pressure on him. I, I would continue to do that direction instead of buying. Yeah, I completely agree here. I just think they're in a really tough division to be buyers at this point with the rotation and pitching that they have. Um, you know, I completely agree with Anthony here. I'd try and perhaps move some of those veteran arms, whether it be a Corey Kluber or, like you mentioned, um, a Paxton, just to try and get some, you know, future young talent, maybe sure up some depth on this team. But in reality, I would just stand pat if you don't get a good offer, but I wouldn't go all in on this season. Now the third team on the list, the Los Angeles Angels, 45 and 46, fourth place in the AL West, seven games back of first place, five games back of a wild card berth, but you have the Otani issue. Do they actually move Otani? Not that they should, but will they actually go and do it if they are sellers at the deadline? Or do you think maybe they look to buy and do one last push effort with Otani on the roster. Yeah. So the answer to this question in reality is what are they hearing from Otani's camp? Is there, you know, is he going to stay? Is he out? Um, is he undecided? And if, if we go off the basis that he's undecided, then I'd say that you got to be buyers. I mean, we all agree that Otani is a generational talent. This guy could end up being regarded as the best baseball player of all time when it's all said and done. And if you let that guy leave your franchise without doing all you could to keep him around, you're going to be kicking yourself for years. Um, you know, there's definitely some moves that they can make. We say this every year with the Angels, but shoring up some of the pitching rotation, um, is a, definitely a move that I'd look at. We know that pitching leads to success, and it really depends. Like, what is Otani's standard to stay on this team? Is it just a playoff berth? Is it truly feel like they're World Series contenders? Is you know, you have to go with where the direction is with Otani. But if you already know that he's out after this year, then I say you're sellers and try and move off of him. I mean, you can get a generational package for him. Well, I agree with Dylan. I think that, uh, Otani is going to be out by the end of the year. And I think the Angels do think that as well, especially with the injury to Trout. I don't really see the Angels being able to make up the difference in offense. So if I'm the Angels, I would be a seller and I would try to pitch Otani and come back in the offseason, if anything. But uh, I don't see much redemption in this lineup, uh, in this uh, whole team right now, because they need a reliever, they need a starting pitcher, they need an infielder, they need an outfielder. They they lack a lot of depth on their roster, and that's come to bite them multiple years in a row. And honestly, the lack of farm system to this point is also going to be a problem when you're going by. So I think the best route is to try to sell and get multiple packages back for guys like Hunter Renfro, or guys like Otani, or you, you, you trade these pieces and you try to reload as fast as possible to convince Otani to come back if he liked it long enough. I'll give you an example of Aroldis Chapman with the Yankees and the Cubs. Uh, he came right back to the Yankees the very next year after he won the World Series. 
he liked New York enough to come back. If if Otani likes Anaheim enough to come back, he will come back. Next team up, the San Diego Padres. They have like six games out of a wild card spot, and they have one of the biggest payrolls in baseball. Should the Padres buy or should they sell? They're pretty far back, but they've been in win-now mode for a few years now. Yeah, I think at this point the Padres have to commit to trying to win. I know that it's a tall task to climb when you look at it standings-wise, but their run differential is the second best in the NL West right now. They had a slow start to the season. They didn't have Tatis off the rip. He's come back and been their best hitter. Xander Bogarts has had a really rough first half of the year. You got to hope that talent like that can turn it around. But you have, you know, Bogarts, Machado, Soto, Tatis, this team that we were excited about. The lineup is there. You know, you could sure up the rotation, maybe get some bullpen pieces. But overall, I think that the Padres are in a better spot than their record really dictates. And, you know, you've been in win-now mode for years now. Why jump the gun just because of a rough first half of the season? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I wouldn't jump the gun at all. I, I would definitely buy. You're in buy-now uh, buy mode. You're one of the best teams in baseball at developing your own prospects. Use that as your advantage. Take that, get some depth. You you top-loaded your team to the point where, hey, you need some depth now, and you can do that. And they started by trying to get rid of some clogs, like Nelson Cruz by DFAing him. So if you could try to uh, add to definitely the bullpen, I think is one of the biggest weaknesses on the team. If you could add to the bullpen, get a back-end 3-4 starter, and then go out and grab a decent uh, infielder, I think that team's in a lot is in fantastic shape, and if everybody stays healthy, they should definitely make a run in the second half. Next team up on the list, the New York Mets, forty-two and forty-eight, fourth in the NL East, eighteen and a half games out of first place, seven back of the wild card. Nobody thought that they would be this way. Everybody thought that they would probably be either right there with the Braves or at least just behind them. So with all that and the highest payroll in baseball, should they buy or should they sell? And who can they even buy or sell if they do either? I don't think there's a doubt in anybody's mind that the Mets should be sellers at the deadline. Uh, they they just simply did they didn't do enough to win this year. Uh, they they overpaid multiple players that were old, and now it's time to trade those guys. Get younger. You need to get younger. You got to call guys like Ronnie Mauricio up. You got to get Brett Beatty every day at bats in a lineup where he's comfortable. You got to keep developing Francisco Alvarez to be one of your guys. I think this is more of a situation like uh, the 2017 Yankees where they're young and they're primed to make a jump next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if you trade a lot of the veterans off this team this year, like a Starling Marte, like a uh, like you already did with Eduardo Escobar. If you trade a couple of those guys and the like the 2016 Yankees did at the end of the season, the Mets go make a run and they might try to sneak into the back end of a wild card even when selling. I think the Mets should definitely be sellers. Darling Marte should be gone. I think uh, Justin Verlander should be gone. You can get rid of David Robertson for a good piece. And I would keep, keep uh, developing that farm system and uh, try to develop players at the major league level. Yeah, so I'm pretty pretty mixed bag here when it comes to the Mets selling I guess it really for me depends on what could you get for these guys because the contracts are so terrible that it's almost like 
are you really going to even get nickels on the dollar or are we looking at pennies on the dollar? And if it, the price is so low, I would almost just ride out this season and just play the young guys more. You know, there's no need to trade certain guys for lower than their value right now because teams think you're desperate. If you need to wait until the off season, you wait until the off season and maybe see if there's a better second half of the season coming. But overall, I don't think the Mets are headed in a positive direction but at the same time, this is still a roster that at the beginning of the season, a lot of people, a lot of people on this podcast had as World Series contenders. And, you know, the first half of the year certainly didn't go their way. Could they turn it around similarly to how the Phillies did last year? I don't know. This team doesn't seem to have that heart and fight, if you ask me. But at the same time, everybody knows you're desperate right now. And if you sell, 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 people aren't going to be paying high prices. Well, Dylan, I got a question for you. If you're the Mets, would you eat a bunch of that salary to get a better better return like they did with multiple other players? Because that's what they've done. They have a track record of Cohen doing when, to get better returns to bolster up the farm system. If it's me, yeah. I just – I don't know if the egos in that building can just flush this season down the toilet after spending all that money and, you know, coming out swinging. It'll be tough. It'll be an interesting train wreck to watch as a Yankees fan. Well, he's had a propensity to be able to swallow the contracts like an Eduardo Escobar and get a decent return. Yeah, I mean, if he's willing to do so and gets a decent return, then I'd sell. Like I said, though, Verlander hasn't been great. Scherzer hasn't been great. We're talking $40, $50 million a year for those guys. Teams aren't going to want to pay a hefty price. So if you're willing to eat some of that salary to get back a good package, then sure, go for it. Last team up on the docket, the New York Yankees. 49-42 49-42 and 42 at the deadline after dropping two out of three to the Cubs. Fourth place in the AL East. Eight games out of first place. But they're only one game back of the wild card right now. So should they buy? Should they sell? What will they actually do? And who should they either look to acquire or move away from? I think it's a no-brainer sell. I think this team is unserious and has been unserious for two years. The last two seasons, they've rolled out the same team, the same options, just in different different names. And I know they won't sell because as a Yankee fan, I've seen the song and dance over and over again. They won't sell. But every team in your division is getting younger and better than you while you continue to get older and have bloated salary. It's not a sustainable format to win. So if you're, it's not going to be a sustainable format, then stop it. But we clearly have an issue going on in New York for both teams. And uh, pride is definitely a word that has been tossed around in New York that clearly has been an issue. And uh, we'll see where this goes. I think they should definitely sell. I would sell five, six players off the roster tomorrow because I don't want to pay a guy like Bader to be hurt. I I know a lot of New York Yankee fans don't want to pay a guy like Glaber. So why are we going to keep him? That's just my opinion. Yeah, so this is the first time that we're on opposing sides here. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think that the Yankees got to buy. And it really is based on what they know internally about the health of Judge and about the health of other guys. But this team has not been healthy all season long, especially when it comes to pitching. You know, looking at the numbers here, Garrett Cole, he's been the ace. He's been excellent. We know that 117 innings pitched. Next up is Domingo Herman, who is a guy who at the start of the season, we talked about maybe being a sixth guy. 
then Clark Schmidt, who was a guy, another, maybe six guy. Then we have Cortez and then Brito. We still have yet to see this pitching core at anything close to full strength. Severino's been bad as of lately. Uh, you know, hopefully he could turn that around in the second half. But Cole, Nestor, and Rodon, if they could sure that up for the second half of the year, I think that'd be great for the Yankees. And, you know, they if they need to buy hitters, you cannot go into the playoffs again with this same abysmal lineup that's hitting 230. You have to go and get some guys that maybe hit for average, hopefully that hit from the left side of the plate. You know, a Cody Bellinger is a guy that's been thrown out there. I like that as an acquisition for them. But they have to buy hitters. I don't think they need to worry about pitching really at all. I think the biggest concern for them pitching-wise is just health. They have the best bullpen in baseball. They just need to get their team out there together healthy. Again, like Corey said, one game back of the wild card. And have we even seen this team at 75% strength once this season? I don't think so. Yeah, but Dylan, you're betting on a team that already has injury issues as is. So you're going to bet on them to get healthy down the stretch and be positive the rest of the way. And then on top of that, hitting, you need to buy multiple positions. We're not talking about a league average hitting team right now. We're talking about 29th in baseball level, Oakland A's level bad offense. So if we're not buying two, three positions, so and then how much do you want to strip your farm system? If you're going to strip the farm system that's already pretty weak as it is, we're going to take that and and into a division the following years to come and just be completely devoid of talent. I don't see how that works out for anybody. I see that working out, but I think that's what exactly what the Orioles want to do when they have a plethora of prospects coming through the minor leagues and they're going to go out and they're going to make a big acquisition for an arm at the deadline. I, my predictions don't cease. Or you got the, or you got the blue Jays who continue to uh, continue to turn out offensive talent. Then you got the the Red Sox who are have one of the best farm systems in baseball if you actually look at it. I, I don't see any positive for the Yankees going for it because if you get a guy like Cody Bellinger, how much different is he? He's going to strike out. He's obviously going to walk and he's going to hit homers and he's a great player in his own right. But he's still a strikeout guy. He's not perfect with runners in scoring position. But so you want to trade for Cody Bellinger? You want to trade for another? You, how many other players do you going to trade for? Are you going to bet on Aaron Judge to be healthy, or is this going to be a long term injury? What if he's out the rest of the year? There's well, so many if he's out the rest marks. of the year, you have to sell. I mean, I'd hope that they know internally better about where his status is than we do. I mean, we know that the Yankees are very coy with injuries. I, you know, they didn't tell us that it was Taren for a month after when we knew it was. So again, it's what they know internally. But, the Yankees you know, have one of the worst track records in baseball with with injuries. You could get Bellinger for the cheap. I mean, his contract's up after this year. It is a true one-year rental. I mean, it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to get this guy. And I do How get what you're you saying talking? as that the farm system is something that needs to be replenished. But at the end of the day, this is also the New York Yankees, you know. While the glory days, some of it did come from the farm, this is a team that is well-known for buying and getting free agents. And when I look at this, you have to look at, the Yankees is wanting to be in the Otani market as well. And you have to show him that you're a better organization and more focused on winning than the angels. If you sell your whole team, you could lose the opportunity at getting Otani, maybe any other off season. I'd agree with you, but right now you need to look the best for this generational player to bring him in. Dylan, I got a quick question for you. When is Steinbrenner showing the willingness to sell? I mean, to, to be able to go out and get a, a, player like Otani stature in the last couple of years beside Garrett Cole. He's like, I mean, he got Rodon this offseason who was a huge signing when it happened and then the injury happened. Well, again, 
So great. Went out there well, and paid Judge, got Judge. A lot of people thought Judge was gone. Well, I, I I completely agree with you. They 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 maintain their own guys. So, but here's my problem, right? We have Glaber who's going to need a contract coming up. Are you going to pay Bader too? There's we have DJ. Well, I wouldn't pay Bader. I think dollars. next season we go to Jason Dominguez. I think you can influx the young talent and try and bridge the gap. But I think this season you got to see what this team is healthy again. You know, so you're they're not as far for nothing. Maybe. But if you're the Yankees and you bring together this World Series level roster in your mind and you haven't even seen them play together, are you going to sell before you even get to that point? I mean, oh. you know, maybe you could split the difference here, Corey, as the other Yankees fan, but I feel like we're at a stalemate here. Well, you definitely are. It's so tough because I I want the Yankees to win. I want them to succeed. I just, with the way this roster is constructed, I just can't see a world where that happens this year. If we, I do think we probably should look to sell because that doesn't take us out of next year at all. If anything, it puts us in a better position to, you know, succeed. And it's not like we're selling off any key pieces. We'll sell off Bader, who's not going to come back next year. Because how do you re-sign a injury-prone center fielder when you have to rely on an injury-prone everywhere else. I love Bader. If Bader was just able to be a little healthier, it would be a no-brainer to bring him back. But he's never healthy. And it's kind of insane to think that we can keep getting away by bringing in people that are just constantly hurt and asking them to not get hurt. So if you look to move Bader, if you look to move a Herman who has his value has really never been higher right now. And people do like him and you can get a decent get back for Herman who really doesn't have a long future with the Yankees. Maybe you can get something for Rizzo, a bag of balls for Donaldson. Glaber has what a year and a half left now. Maybe try to get something out of Glaber, bring up Peraza, let Cabrera play every day. If you have all these guys, all these young guys playing, move on from both catchers, to be honest. I'm sure you can get something for Higgy and Trevino. So really let as many young guys play as you can. And we saw in 2016 when they did that, they still ended up with a winning record because all the young guys came to play and to prove themselves. And I think also Boone's strength as a manager is the players. And if we have a roster full of young guys, that plays into Boone's strength of really getting them acclimated to success at the big league level because he's a player's manager. Not saying he's a good manager or not, but he does do well with the clubhouse and the players, and that does play well with a young team. So if you were to get Peraza, Volpe, I don't know, bring up Austin Wells, have him skip AAA. You have Josh Bro in the minors, have him catch. You have all these options. Why not get something good and then spend all that money in the offseason? Bring in an Otani. Get Cody Bellinger, who you've coveted for years. You have other options where you can replenish the farm system. This isn't going to be 2016 where you have two guys that will net you top-tier talent, but you could be able to replenish the farm system after a couple bad deals we've made over the last few years. And you're able to move forward and kind of change philosophy. You don't have to let LeMahieu play every day. Let him be a bench player and try to figure it out. Because I'm sure he's still hurt. 
And honestly, at that point, maybe Judge should be out for the year. Let him really get with his head right and get that foot better. But, you know, we really should end that part here. We have so much more to discuss. I don't want to get hung up on the Yankees because we do have other stuff to talk about. So let's go right into our studs and duds here. My stud is Jesus Lazardo, the Marlins starting pitcher, 2-0 in 12 of the third innings, nine hits, two earned runs, three walks, 12 strikeouts. Really good, uh, really good stretch for the former A. And then Ryan Nelson is my dud, the starting pitcher from the Diamondbacks. In his lone start versus the Mets this week, he lost, went three innings, nine hits, seven earned runs, one strikeout, and gave up two home runs. Guys, who's your stud and who's your dud? Yeah, this week my stud is Logan Gilbert. Uh, 16 innings pinched, pitched over the week, 2-0 record, a 0.56 ERA with 13 strikeouts. Absolute beast this week. And my dud is Jeff McNeil, batted 4 for 22. And just like the rest of the Mets, he's struggling. My stud is going to highlight uh, Blake Snell, who's had an excellent season. And on top of that, he has 11 innings pitched in his last two games, uh, zero earned runs. He is looking phenomenal over his last uh, couple of starts, and he uh, he's really helping the Padres. And my dud would be Tim Anderson for having an overall bad season. He's continuing that bad stretch. I thought he might get over the hump by homering in Oakland. Again, he, he it ended up going foul. They reviewed it. It was foul, and uh, since then he is has two hits. Since then, I don't see him having a very good year. So I'm out on Tim Anderson. All right. Next up, we do have the home run derby happening. Over a hundred baseballs have been signed by the participants. So if you're out there in the crowd, you could have been getting one. I know this will release after the home run derby, but we do feel we need to talk about it, guys. Who do you think is going to win the derby? Who hits the farthest ball, and who has the highest? exit velo out of anybody yeah so for the farthest hit ball and the hardest exit velo i'm gonna go vladdy i mean he's just made for an event like this when it comes to ripping one off for 450 460 hell maybe even 470 probably not in seattle though but i got a real sleeper winner i'm going with the texas rangers adolis garcia to win this thing i like the swing that he's had this season and i think that the park favors him uh, for highest exit velo and distance, and who I pick to win is actually going to be all the same player. It's going to be Luis Robert. I think he is definitely one of the premier hit power hitters in baseball, one of the premier hitters in baseball. And it'll be interesting to see if the White Sox, what the White Sox do at the deadline with him. Hopefully they they uh they get rid of him, but that's that's for another podcast. But I I like I also like the uh, the hometown boy Julio Rodriguez to uh, put up a good fight in the. Uh, in the home run derby. Uh, and right now, Robert's at a plus 460. If you're a betting person, I'd consider it. I might put it down a few shekels on it. I hate to agree with anybody, but all three of the things I mentioned, the winner, the exit below, and the distance, I also think is going to be Lubob. I already put some money on it. I think it's going to happen. But if it's not Robert winning, I do think Randy Rosarena might have a good shot out there. Let's get into some all-star game talk. Garrett Cole on the bump versus Zach Gallen. And uh, Judge is not going to be there. He decided to take some time off to rehab that foot. And Geraldo Perdomo, just to note from last week, we didn't talk about it. He was named to the All-Star Game over Lindor. Do you guys have anything on the All-Star Game aside from who you think is going to win and who's going to lose? Really, if there's a winner, there's a loser. But 
regardless of who you think is going to win, is there anything uh, you guys want to add about the All-Star game? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited that Cole will be getting the start as a Yankees fan. I wish Judge was going. I feel like this would be a really good um, recruitment time for Shohei Otani. Um, you know, we've already seen that Pete Alonso has been trying to recruit him. So I wish Judge would go just for that purpose. But uh, other than that, I don't mind him taking the time to not go. Um, but I just wish he was more going as a recruiter for the Yankees. I'm excited just to see some stars uh, play against stars. I I love the uh, Mike stuff. I think I think one way to bring more relevance to the All Star game is just to keep miking up these players. The clips that come out of some of these mics are fantastic. Like Nestor Cortez last year, I believe that it is a great way to promote the game. And uh, I'm excited to see Garrett Cole on the mound as always. Zach Gowan, he looks fantastic this year. Uh, I'll enjoy seeing a lot of the guys out there and just you know having fun and playing like kids instead of playing like robots all right now let's go up to dylan i got some questions for you based off your rankings how come you had houston and the dodgers over the diamondbacks yeah Corey. just going into the second half of the season um a little of these rankings for me were projections um i think that i really like the role that houston and the dodgers specifically are on the dodgers passed the diamondbacks technically in terms of rankings right now the run differential is what really did it for me the dodgers at plus 76 the astros at plus 49 and the diamondbacks down there at plus 27 can they keep winning these close games we'll see all right walsh my question for you how come the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are over Baltimore for you? As much as I like Baltimore, I still think they have a lot to add. I don't think necessarily that Baltimore is a perfect team yet. I like the Dodgers a lot, especially lately. They're really coming on. They have a strong offense. So that that's my main reasons why. I just think the other teams have a little bit more star power, and I lean more toward uh, how I feel about the team in my rankings than actually ranking based on uh, the way they play uh, by the numbers. Now, for both of you, I want to know if you guys think the Marlins are real and if you think the Reds are for real for the rest of the year. I definitely think the Reds are for real. I think the Reds have one of the best uh, farm systems in baseball, and they've shown it with the promotion of LED La Cruz and also Spencer Steer, a rookie from last year. They really did well last uh, last year in trading. Like uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand is another guy they got in the Spencer Steer trade when he came over from Minnesota. I think they have a lot of organizational depth. They're waiting for Nick Lodolo to come back. I think if they just add a pitcher, a hitter, I think they'll be perfect. And I think easily they'll win that division. The central division in both leagues are very weak. So I think they have a real shot to go make the playoffs. On the Marlins side of things, yes, I think they're a good team. No, I don't think they're for real, for real. I don't think they're contenders for anything. But I, I do enjoy how fun they are to watch. I think they need a lot more offense. Solaire and Arise have really been carrying them. Jazz Chisholm is always hurt. So that's always a, a problem with that. Alcantara has sort of righted the ship, but I still want to see more from him, the Cy Young winner. And we'll see how they, they trend the rest of the year. But I, I just don't think they're for real. Yeah, I'm not really buying into either of these two teams for this season. The Reds remind me a lot of the Orioles last year, just getting started a little bit sooner. I think that they're a fun team. I think they're great to root for, but I don't see them as true World Series contenders yet. And the Marlins, I don't see them at that level either. I think if healthy, they could play spoiler to perhaps a Dodgers team or really give the Braves a tough run for their money. But I don't think either team is at that level this season. Just to interject, I, I do agree. I don't think the Reds are World Series contenders. 
I just think winning the division is completely possible, and I uh, I think they can definitely make a run in the playoffs. I think they'll just be a pesky out, if anything, but they're going to be an out. All right, well, that's been an episode. That'll do it here for us at the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Keep tuning in each week, outsidersports.net for the rankings, Twitter, Outsider Sports 3, YouTube, TikTok, just search up Outsider Sports for some info. And uh, glad to have you guys on, Walsh. Welcome. Hopefully we get you on a couple more. But that's been an episode. 